welcome to this episode of Sessions of Mary Jane. I'm one of your hosts, Brendan O'Brien. I'm Jordan Free. And I'm Rena Ezra. And we are delighted to have a wonderful couple on the podcast, a couple we've known for a while, uh, or a singular person. <laughs> yeah. we, have, we have a lot of people in the room here, so please welcome to the podcast, Steve and Dana Boone. Thank you guys for being here in the podcast house. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so uh, how was your drive down to the, the wonderful borough of trees? Didn't make a, a wrong turn until we were almost here. Mm. Yeah. Classic, classic. My mm. mother and family have done the same thing. It's, you're so close. The roundabout. The, the roundabout them. gets them, yeah. But, mm-hmm. They didn't like that. Yeah. But that, that, that's also like a common thing in New Jersey. It's like it's like mostly pretty easy to navigate, but then there's a, a bunch of weird exits or weird turns that just throw you for a loop, right? Confirm? Yeah, confirm. <laughs> Another thing is like 350 feet and like... How fast is 350 feet when you're driving? Mm-hmm. Right, you know? right, right. I mean, I play golf. <laughs> I know if I have 150 yards to the green, I know it when I see it. Yeah. You, you played know? golf? Hmm? Yeah. How long have you played golf? Since I was 14. Whoa. Yeah. So you're a pro, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I can miss putts like the pros do. Like, I can, you know. Yeah, exactly. The pros, yeah. In the ponds. Just like the pros do. But you got that perfect form. Mm-hmm. You hear that? You get that perfect whoosh sound when you play. Uh, yeah, when you hit the ball correctly, <laughs> okay. it's, it's, it's a very gratifying sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first you... time I was ever on like an actual golf course, not mini golf, was for a work event last year over the summer, mm-hmm. and then that's when I had a huge appreciation for. I was just like, oh wow, this is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's hard when you watch it on TV, but it's all. It never watched golf, never got into it. And then finally did it, and I was just like, "Oh my lord!" Like this, the some of the areas were intimidating. Like mm-hmm. the court, what do you call them? <laughs> like the different holes. Yeah, they're the very. Holes. <laughs> they're holes. very. Great. Where do you play? Like they're very. Is it like is there one usual place you go to, or you know what? I still occasionally because uh, I grew up in Pennsylvania, and I still occasionally oh. go to the very first golf course I ever played in. It's called the uh, Pine Hills Country Club. It's not a country club. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in uh, Taylor, Pennsylvania, which is uh, a few towns away from Avoca, which is where I grew up. And uh, But they still it's still open, and they, they do tournaments every so often. And I still meet with my brother, who lives in that area. Mm-hmm. Oh, he lives right nice. in Taylor. So, uh, I, you know, I, very often lately, I, I play probably more often in Pennsylvania than actually in New York State. Yeah. Wow. You, know? you like the... Holes there, the golf course there. Uh, yeah, nice and, and uh, it gives me an opportunity to go back and visit family. Yes. You know, oh yeah, that one, of course. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. just here for golf, not for you yeah. guys. Well, so what was it like growing up there? Well, um, very, very different. It, I lived in an extremely small town. Uh, you know, Avoca had like at that time about three thousand people living mm-hmm. there. I think I was related to fifty percent of them. Mm-hmm. And um, what does that what does that mean? You just had a grandmother who was like unique and a lot of cousins. Like how who was related to you there? Pro- probably yeah. Going back to like uh, when they came over from Ireland, you know, like oh, okay, they, wow. They, yeah. they just started uh, procreating, mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 again, like a lot of cousins, a lot of distant. Okay, cousins. a lot of cousins there, yeah. and um, and many. People named John Boone. <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> at, at one, really, like uh, at one point in the 1970s, uh, 
like half the male population of Avoca was named John Boone. Wow. <laughs> that, was that confusing? <laughs> no. His middle name is John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, wow. Yeah, and uh, my middle name is John. And uh, wow. you know, It like, sounds like it could be a very interesting TV show. Well, <laughs> his, his brother was named Jackie and his father was Jack. Uh-huh. And his father's first cousin, John, was Chick. And then what were Chick's name? Oh, then there was John the singer. Because uh-huh. he sang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like back then, you know, mail service was different. It wasn't like, uh, you know, I guess people just didn't pay attention to what mail. So, you know, it was it would be interesting to see which John Boone's mail right. we would get in our oh, mailbox. That's so funny. You, you can be whatever John Boone you want to be. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it, people would come to Avoca if they were lost, mm-hmm. drive around like, I'm looking for John Boone. Mm-hmm. And be like, that oh, person who works at the post office. You gotta be a lot more specific, sir. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. How many siblings? Just one brother, or uh, just my one brother? Okay. And okay. he was uh, he was ten years older. Now I don't know if I ever told you I I was orphaned when I was. Yeah, I was gonna just ask you about that. <laughs> yeah. I did not know. Yeah, that. me neither. Uh, my mother died when I was nine, and my father died when I was fourteen. Mm-hmm. When I was fourteen, my brother was twenty-four. So wow. he was still growing and getting it together, and yeah. like you know, kind of like in his adolescence. And yeah. we we lived together uh, until I was eighteen, like or, you know, of legal age. Yes. And then shortly thereafter, he got married. So I was kind of like by myself as a high school student, mm-hmm. living in an yeah. apartment. Yeah, you had to be self sufficient real and, quick. And like I told you, it was above a funeral home. We we moved to an apartment above a funeral home. And uh, right across the street from where we had been living because we had to sell the house. Wow. So I found myself living in this apartment. And I stayed there for a couple more years because I went to junior college and, okay. and, and continued living there. Oh and, um, it, you know, it, it's just a small town life. It was like, you know, again, I had so many relatives, even though I was technically orphaned. Mm. Mm. At, at, yeah. Um, it still felt like a community. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask, how was your dynamic with your brother? Was it, like, odd at times because he would play father sometimes just because he was your guardian, in a sense, for, you know, a period of time? So then, like, the brother relationship shifted or did, like... Um, no, that was really kind of almost like in theory. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we kind of... Um, he Like I said, he was growing and he was finding relationships yeah. so yeah. like I really was by myself a lot and but I had friends yeah know, so okay. I, I, I asked just because I have a brother who's 10 years younger mm-hmm. so it's just very yeah it's just that I just felt like I was a mini mom because we would change his diaper help us do like all these things when he was born and mm-hmm. then thereafter so yeah just I was just curious just yeah. interesting when it's two guys yeah like I was kind of I kind of you know, took care of myself and, uh, and like I played sports and so did he. So mm-hmm. we had kind of like, we were, we could go down to the baseball field and practice and yeah. know, we, we yeah. still kind of just, you know, we just continued, you know, yeah. we, really okay. it was like that. We just kind of like picked up after my father died. We just sort of like picked up where, where we left off. I was, I just started high school at that wow. time. And, uh, well, what else are you going to do? Yeah. Had to continue. Yeah. And um, but well, and you're in Anna. Yeah, I had yeah. Uh, I had uh, you know aunts and uncles right there living right there in that town, mm-hmm. and uh, so there was always places to go and, and resources. 
Well, that's but, good. That's good. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it, and it's like, um, you know, like it, it, it took me a while to get over that. Uh, but uh, mm. I, when I was 21, that's when I moved to New Jersey. Mm. So that was like, you know, I never thought I would experience culture shock. But like, <laughs> first yeah. I lived in North Bergen, and then I lived in Hoboken. Well, these were like huge metropolises mm. as far as I was concerned, yeah. you know, going from a small town. And uh, the reason why is because like I, I did graduate to junior college, you know, with an associate's degree. Which is, as we know, nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, my cousin uh, Joe Boone, uh, John, <laughs> close, close, <laughs> a far removed from John Boone. Sounds just bastard. And uh, yeah, Joe's father, my uncle, his name was Daniel Boone. Wow, me, and Daniel Boone. Well, as far as he was concerned, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. He had made the move out to Hoboken uh, and then said, you know, I can get you a job um, if you want to move. Like, and, and really, like, literally about one week after I finished, you know, at Luzerne Community College and wow. I got my associate's degree, I moved uh, out to New Jersey. So how yeah. was Jersey at that time? <laughs> um, it, it was just so much different. It, it, you know, it was like at North Bergen, it was all right. We found a pretty good apartment. Um by a church, luckily I was Catholic. I, mm. I felt okay. There's a little, you know, okay, okay, semblance. But uh, um, I, it took me a while to adjust to, to that kind of life. But you know, I was, I was working. I was independent. I was earning my own money, living in my own place. So it kind of, in that respect, it kind of felt good. Yeah. You know, and yeah. uh, I uh, then moved to Hoboken. You know, still. You know, kind of working and being independent and all that. But, like, I was kind of getting restless. I, I, I wanted to do something, like, kind of more creative. My job was I was working in a shipping department. I was mm. a packer. I was yeah. going to ask what you were doing. I was yeah. a packer in a shipping department. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, yeah. And um, So what outlets did you reach out to or go after to tap into your creativity? Well, in, uh, this is about 1984. Uh, I started taking classes, adult classes at NYU. Okay, Hoboken was right across. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. right across, and path. like they were pretty affordable at that time. I took a writing class, creative writing. I took some other kind of writing class, and then uh, wow, by, NYU was affordable. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I only, just want to note that just for those courses, only the adult ed. No. Okay, gotcha. Only yeah, the yeah, adult yeah. ed classes, because I guess they wanted to, you know, drum up some business mm-hmm. for some local artists mm-hmm. who wanted to teach classes. Right. And in um, early in '86, uh, acting, cool, an acting class, and I had never taken one in my life. Oh, how I, I was thought, that? It was. It was a lot of fun. It was, uh, at first it was at NYU, and the teacher, her, she's passed away now, but her name was Ann Rachel. Oh, she did? I didn't know she died. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> she, she did, uh, like, a six-week class on Monday nights or whatever it was okay. at NYU, yeah. and then she had her own theater in Midtown, Manhattan. Okay. And she invited anyone, if they wanted to continue studying acting, to come to her theater, mm-hmm. and, you know, for three-month sessions for yeah, $200 yeah. or whatever they were. Yeah. And I decided to do that. 
And what yeah. exercises did you work on, like, that you still remember or pull yeah. from today? Uh, okay, you had to get the book by Uta Hagen. Mm-hmm. Oh, you still have, you still have that book. I, I think, think yeah, yeah, somewhere around mm-hmm. there. You Look had it. to get that hey. book and do the exercises. Um, you would be alone on, no, on stage, mm-hmm. and you had to do, like, a convincing sense of urgency. Okay, there was one exercise where like something had to happen. You're all by yourself, but like all of a sudden you had to start moving in a specific direction to get something done. That mining. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe you can use props. There was another one called three entrances. Like you can make a sad entrance, an anxious en- entrance, okay, or a furious entrance. Mm-hmm. You just step off and then come on in. Okay, and do three. These are all really good games for improv. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 sometimes we do improv, you know. But a lot so of so that was... right, that was your first introduction to improv as well. Yeah, right. Usually, I mean, all of us, right? Brendan Jordan, same thing. When going into theater, was that kind of your first introduction to improv? What doing like improv in theater games? improv games? Yeah, your first glimpse at improv, right? That's the first kind of exposure a kid gets. Uh, I guess besides what we were watching on TV, the first time you practice it yourself. Yeah. Right, because you weren't doing long form until you were much older. Right. You didn't even know what long form was. I didn't know what I didn't know there was a thing. Yeah, first time I saw improv was definitely Who's Line. Who's Line was definitely like the, the gateway into it. But yeah, and then, and then once you get to college and like doing improv like games. But I feel like we did do games. improv games in high school. Yeah. Or middle school even. But okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. Entrances and then, okay. but, and, but a lot of the the class itself was doing scene work. You you get a scene from a play. Mm-hmm. I, I remember doing Odd Couple. Oh, cool. You know, um, you know some Tennessee Williams. Like the, it was it was kind of like up to, the teacher would tell you, okay, go and get this play, mm-hmm. um, and you know pick a scene, and and then you you would work with your partner. Uh, sometimes we visit each other at our apartments. And Is there anyone like, you still stay in contact with? Um, I love that. <laughs> 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 I, I, I just love Dina is like the cliff notes. Like she has all the answers. Like, no, 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 I don't know about that, but I do know that it led to um, an interesting story um, later on. But, yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll put a pin I, in that one. That definitely would get I'm right around 1986. So when we get to 1990, 1991, then we'll segue into the cool, story. Cool, okay, cool, cool. Like the um, <laughs> so, you know, it, it was already, and I, she asked me to do an off off Broadway play. Oh, cool. Queen Christina. Did you ever hear that one? No. Yeah. What is that? Um, who the hell is it? Is it? It's who in, is that? <laughs> is it? Uh, who wrote it? And uh, I played like a couple small parts of it, but it was like kind of. We'll like, have our PA Google that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Springberg. How was that experience? That so that is your first performance. Well, right in front well, of an audience not really because or end uh, of the class you would do it because ann rachel herself at her studio uh it was at, it was called the theater studio mm. how's that for a creative <laughs> yeah. it gets to the point it's, it's yeah. it there's, there's no mistake about what it is <laughs> but every month she would do a workshop not a workshop but kind of like a you know a, a cornucopia of like mm. scenes like you you would do i i knew i did uh a really obscure Tennessee Williams, like Moody's Kid, Don't Cry, and it was a one act play, hmm. and that was my first time. Mm-hmm. I did it with. You super nervous. I did it with an actress, who 
I'm not going to name the name, but she wound up playing Lady Macbeth, and we'll get to that. <laughs> ah, alrighty. Um, so I did some of these showcases at the theater, and then you know she asked me to be in uh, this off-off Broadway play, and uh, you know I feel like you should be a character. Scott Strindberg. It was Pam Gems, apparently. No, there you go. Oh, all right. Mm. I feel Whoever like you should is. be a character in Barry. Mm. You see, have you seen the show Barry? No. Oh my gosh. Steve, you think that's up his alley, Brendan? It might be up your Chuck alley, Barry? yeah. Anything to do with Chuck Berry? No. No. No, it's an no. HBO show that uh, the Bill Hader co-created stars, and it basically he's like, he's like... Henry Winkler? Yeah, he plays a guy who, who's like a hitman, but then he accidentally ends up in an acting class, and then he has to like, confront all of his like emotional things and like and it's, it's like it's places so like fun. the it's idea like like what i feel like to be it's like in an acting class and like to be around other actors and like in that kind of environment and yeah henry winkler is the acting teacher in the class so yeah yeah actually the, the last season's coming up uh yeah. the next couple months so it's a good time to get caught up um but uh, i had a question steve what, what was the thing about acting that or theater in general that like that appealed to you the most once you started doing it um okay She's here. Is this where the story comes in? Uh, I wanted Just... to meet chicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, you did it, Steve. I'm working at a warehouse. You know, like I'm working at a shipping department. I was just lonely. Uh, uh, you know. Uh, and you lived with your cousin and a cat. <laughs> and the cat was male. <laughs> Dude house. <laughs> so... Um, you know, I wanted to. I, no, I just felt like I was, I, like I wanted to really socialize. You know, a lot yeah. of living by myself, and it was kind of like you know, I wanted to, uh, you know, just meet other people with similar interests. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I guess the acting fell into place because I, I just liked it. I, I liked the, the the instructor and the way everything was set up. The, it was kind of a nice theater, and mm-hmm. you know, um, the classes. I still remember they were on Wednesdays and Fridays. You paid for one, but if you wanted to come and audit the other one, you could. Like mm. she never. That's cool. Said so. Like I, I would do that every so often. Yeah. And um, I, I, you know, it it took a while. Like so, by eighty seven, I was I was starting to feel like I I want to do something to to like get out of working at the shipping department. Mm. I, I just felt like you know, okay, I'm independent. I'm working on my, hooray, I'm independent, all right, you know, but I, I was like, I was just thinking, uh, uh, you know, I wanted to get somewhere else, so uh, I remember, like, I was sort of, like, losing my mind, mm. you know, and I, uh, the the Village Voice, you know, the, yeah. uh, the uh-huh. newspaper, the Greenwich uh-huh. Village newspaper, I looked at an ad, and I, I found uh, the Institute for Psychotherapeutic Research, Mm. And, and which which I don't know if it's still around, but it was in Brooklyn Heights, and I I made a call. <laughs> I said I want to get you know I, I want to get some help, mm. and oh, uh, nice. and I started seeing a, a New York City shrink, mm. you know, and uh, because I, I just I just I wanted some direction. I felt yeah. like I was standing still, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, it it worked out pretty well. I I was um, you know I got advice to go back to. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I was thinking like, you know, because I mean, with the acne thing, oh, there was no money involved in that. And mm-hmm. I, I just thought, uh, yeah. And, and then like the more I discussed with this guy, I, I started realizing special education was kind of like uh, it, it's something I could see myself doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, my brother was a teacher. Mm-hmm. Okay. And 
I was just living in an area where uh, special education was really needed. Like you could almost like walk into walk into a job. So really, by like January of '88, I, I was back at school. Okay. And, and if you ever want to cure loneliness, <laughs> okay, just start going back, back to college to while you're working full time. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, now I wasn't even thinking about you know. And I mean. Kept you busy. I was in some relationships here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, Nothing special. Yeah. Well, yeah. this psychotherapist, you know, like if I, if I, <laughs> oh, did, I meant dating relationships. If I did bring up, like, yeah, I, I met somebody, like, did you fuck her? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, really, it was a first date. <laughs> wow, that's brass. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> wow. single time you'd be like dude fucker <laughs> that's what he went to the and job for finally, <laughs> finally, you know, finally I was able to say yes I did <laughs> and he's like but did you fuck her up the ass oh my god <laughs> <laughs> this is a licensed New York City and again Picked him out of the village voice. I, I mean, it was like... Um, That's what you get from, from going in the papers. I guess so. Uh, oh, my God. That oh my so so, wow. <laughs> so, but I'm going to you know, I, I'm give him credit. He persuaded me to go back to college. Right. And that, that was like a big step. But I was... I was His going, motives might have been a little flawed, though. <laughs> 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 With what he was interested in hearing. Yeah. <laughs> we had the message yeah. across. Okay. You know, now it took a few years. Like I had two years of schooling, but it took me like about another four years to get the two years of schooling because I was going most of the time. Oh, sure. Yes, I part time, but Mm -hmm. it it was funny. Like uh, you know, around uh, you know, late '89, I met Dana, and then we started dating, Mm -hmm. and all during 1990. And by uh, you know '91, everything happened at once. I graduated college. I became a teacher and I got married. Wow. Wow. It was, all, all one. It was like mm. just a blur <laughs> and all that. So what got me back into doing acting and comedy was, what was that? I think it was like 03. Dana sees an ad in, uh, or whatever it was. Yeah, I guess you got a pamphlet for Ramsey Adult School. Oh, yeah. Um, I was working at Rock and Bosey's in adult education along with doing other things. Um, and um, I guess, oh, I know what it was. Uh, one of our computer teachers, we had evening adult education classes, and I also did like um, ESOL and GED placement testing and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of our teachers was also a teacher at Ramsey Adult School. Teaching, you know, I was like, oh, that's not it, because we were living in Suffern. Mm-hmm. And so um, I got a hold of a, I guess I must have gotten a hold of a Ramsey Adult School um, okay. pamphlet, yeah, yeah, catalog. And yeah, then he, go ahead. Yeah. Then, and, and, and she saw uh, just improv comedy in mm-hmm. class. And it was like on Tuesday nights, and, you know, at the time we're living in Suffern, mm-hmm. so we're mm-hmm. only, you know, a few miles away. And, um, uh, I took the class, and it was one of those things. There'd be a, like a, a fall semester and a spring semester, okay. and uh, 
the instructor was this talented woman named Bernice Harris, and uh, she was talented. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Have some disagreement here. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I tell you that I took this the first time I took it. I stunk. I yeah. was like all over the place. I couldn't understand the instructions. It was like it was, but there was enough fun involved mm-hmm. that I took it again. Nice Isn't that again. funny? You are just nice making people too. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's always, that always helps. That's a great support. Yeah, but it's, it is funny that improv is just, just use your imagination. You just make stuff up. You can't go wrong. But there are all these things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there are all these rules and instructions. And you're just like, what? But I, how do I feel like I messed everything up, but I can't do anything wrong? I'm just making stuff up. Yeah. So that's very funny. But <laughs> I still, I kept it going from semester to semester. And after like about like two or three years, she asked me to join her improv comedy troupe. Which I didn't even know. What was the name of the truth? Anita Lap. Okay. Get it? <laughs> oh, uh, Anita. Yes. Like a girl's name. Is that still around? Are they still around? I like it. I think they're still around. I like it. I'll give it a four out of five. <laughs> is, 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 is uh, Matt still in that group? Yeah, you, you guys, I think you know Matt Broderick. Uh yeah no I've done stand up with Matt Broderick yeah yeah not Sarah Jessica Parker's husband We've, not that okay, just want to clear the air yeah. just want to make yes, sure okay. not him yeah. Maddie we call him Maddie Luke Maddie yeah. Luke mm-hmm. Broderick and, yeah. what a nice and, guy and by with working because he was in Anita Lap and with working with him he's the one who kind of persuaded me to try stand up like so okay. this was after okay. a few years of doing improv okay. for Anita Lap so um by like. 2012, I, I started doing stand-up. My very first time doing stand-up was at a music open mic in Ringwood. Oh, wow. Uh, it was at this old church, you know. Uh, and, and was that they, Ringwood? Yeah, it was okay. Ringwood. Yeah. Wow. And it was a really interesting one. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's deep. It was like old rock and roller guys that mm. had this complex yeah. sound system. Mm. Yeah, former hippies. And, you know, they were like, great, yeah. How did you feel? How was your first time? Well, I just wanted to do something. Like, I was doing a little bit for the group, uh-huh. like, for, for the troupe, and, you know, a little bit here and there, and I was used to doing shows. Okay, you know, right, with, true, yes. Uh, improv shows, but I almost wanted to do, like, a very surreptitious, like, type of open mic for the first one. I didn't care whether I got any laughs or not, mm. and I didn't. <laughs> 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 But I, I just wanted to get the feel of, like, and they, you know, one thing about music open mics, like, you may not get much reaction, but they usually give you a good 10 minutes. Like, sure. if you really want to work on, like, something longer, not have to worry about getting a light, like, mm-hmm. You, you, mm-hmm. that is sort of a good thing about it. And I, I went to that uh, a few times, and then I started going to the turning point. And yeah, you probably remember that. You were. Oh yeah, you the were, turning point. You were, you at that time. You were in bike. diapers. <laughs> Adam. Uh, Adam Oasis. Yeah. Well, John Wendell. That's where we met John Wendell. John Wendell. Yeah. And um, okay. man, there's a bunch of other people. I remember Dexter. Oh, Dexter, Jesse Gardner. Jesse oh, Gardner, Jesse Gardner. And, Tom and his dad. Yeah, yeah we met. We yeah, met well, there. Uh, tr- um, who's the the woman she was a bartender there too um karen but the other one oh yeah there were two of them yeah karen and karen not teresa but kim no 
Um, you know who I mean. But, I do she's, know who you mean. She's played it right <laughs> oh, now. Uh, Tanya. 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 Oh, Lewis. Tanya Lewis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How was good it? to see a lot of those comics are still uh, doing stand-up. Yes, yeah, they do. They do. very, very good. Well, we so, saw Tanya like really progress as a as a comic. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. I can't even imagine what she was like ten years ago. Wow. Such a cool. So, how was the writing process? Or where would you? What would you pull from? What was your style of comedy? It, I was doing like observational, bizarre. And, and then it evolved from there? And you yeah, because it was like, oh. you know, I mean, uh, I thought I knew what I was doing, but it was like, I, yeah, I don't <laughs> think the audience was totally connecting with mm. with what I what I was trying to do, although my premises sometimes would really be like outlandish. Mm. Uh, you know, um, I, don't, I did one, and, and see, I used to go also go over to Laughing Buddha in New York City, Mm. And I think there was some creep who stole my ideas, and he, mm. he, I think he was a writer for Saturday Night Live. Because uh. <gasps> I, I, I know I did a bit about dead clowns. How many dead clowns can you fit in a smart car? Uh, so white uh, clowns, Volkswagen, mm -hmm. you know, and it, like something very similar. But it, if it's rewarded, you know, I mean, you, you see, like. Gee, that sounds like my premise, right. you know, but it gets rewarded. What are you gonna do? Right. Okay. And then I did another one about how do you handcuff a person with one arm? <laughs> That's good. And uh, and then that again, it came up on on like again, it was I had gone to there was there was summer of two thousand sixteen. I had gone to Laughing Buddha a lot, and the way it was like I only went to the the open mic at the same time. Usually on Fridays after oh, work, okay. I'd go right there. Yeah, it was like yeah, a four thirty yeah. mic, and you have a tendency to see the same people. Yeah, mm. yeah. You know? And um, but um, I kind of I, I stopped that, and uh, like you know, I, I eventually thought, if I don't, let me do some more things, autobiographical, being a teacher, mm -hmm. living in a small town, mm -hmm. being a Catholic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For a couple of reasons, I think it connected. Like it could connect with people sure, better. Sure, and plus, yeah. it's easier for you to memorize. Also true. <laughs> like, that was I mean, my thing. It's very easy to memorize the stories. Yeah, yeah. just you know, like you know, do yourself. So I, I, that's kind of like what I'm working on now. Is sort of like, and of course, there's embellishments and all that. Yeah, yeah. get laughs. Sure, you know, yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, I, I I'm just trying to keep it in, in that style. So. Wow. I, it says, you know, they say it takes years. When you're doing stand-up, it takes years, you know, yeah. uh, to kind of, like, get your voice, to get your, you know, get that, that, yeah. inner, that inner thing going. And, you know, that's what happened with me, too, even though I was, like, almost, like, 50 when I started doing stand-up. But you're having, like, a rebirth every time. Even if someone puts out a special and does this one or whatever, you're refining it every single time. Plus, you're changing in real life. Mm -hmm. You know, growing as a person, forming to something different, new phases of your life, a bunch of different stuff happens to you. So what you're writing is, and, and what your perspective is on things, 
mm-hmm. is completely different. Your comedy is when you're 80 should not be the same thing when you were 14. Mm, right. <laughs> if it is, maybe there's a tendency. Right. There's a problem. There's there. a, yeah. yeah, right? You should be growing and like viewing the world differently or having, you know, just different thoughts on things and people. Um, but I was going to ask, uh, well, two mm. things. One, um, is your brother at all creative or taps into anything like that? He, he's, um, he is a great storyteller. Oh, and okay. he has a great long-term memory. He remembers mm. stuff from our childhood that I don't, you know, and, uh, he still remembers, I, you know, I guess I never saw him get on a stage until, uh, my niece, his daughter got married four years ago. And then, oh. and then he, he went up to, well, I mean, it was going to like to toast the married couple. But mm-hmm. He did about a good eight minutes. So how do you share any of your stuff with him? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, he's seen me sometimes. And then there are, there are times like he'll tell a story and I'm like, yeah, that's mine. I have to be careful that I'm not drinking coffee when his brother is telling stories like Bertha at breakfast. It's been been embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and he does it on purpose, I think. But I think also, Steve, you know, your other people in your family are really good storytellers. Like his Aunt Anna was just, you know, she would be able, she'd tell a story and there'd be like 10 different strands mm-hmm. and, what are, oh, wow. and then by the end she would tie up every single one of those strands and she was a genius so I, I think it's something that you learned you know honestly from other people in the family too yeah you know it's kind of a gift i think for the wounds yeah you know, i sort of find about like storytelling versus uh doing a comedy bit but yes. like the comedy yeah. bit can be a story, but mm-hmm. it has to be like really condensed. Yeah. yeah. You know, set up punch, set up punch. Whereas with storytelling, that's kind of like what I was used to hearing it from, you know, and my relatives and all that, where things, because it could be very entertaining, mm-hmm. even if you're going off on all these kind of tangents, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. it's like, you know, especially like Dana mentioned, my aunt Anna would do voices and she would do like, she would imitate these people that we knew from around town perfectly. And, uh, I mean, to me, that's just as enjoyable of a mode of entertainment. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It is like going there with, I mean, I understand the concept of like, don't get involved in too much storytelling when you're doing a comedy bit because the audience might get restless and all that. Right, and the priority is like the, like the laugh and the bit, and like, like almost like just the setup and the punchline of the jokes yeah, supersedes the, the story ahead. sometimes, sure, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like you wouldn't give the same amount of details, I guess, when yeah, you're telling right. an actual story at like a family picnic. Yeah, uh, but because, but people do people do get lost in the details. Yeah, yeah. Then this one uh, comedy coach I know loves the word minutia. Mm-hmm. Giving too much minutia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, I better, you know, turn down. You should have more minute. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that's just changing with the the digital age because people might just be like noticing fewer things, also. So I feel like just in general to tell a detailed story, like people just miss so many things now because mm-hmm. they're just always looking down. And maybe so, they like, don't they, have the attention to detail. Like, yeah, attention. Right. 
Yeah. Like, you get to you just have nothing to do, and you'd look yeah. around, and you'd be like, wow, I was in a coffee shop the other day, and, like, these ladies were having an argument, and, like, now you just won't even realize the ladies are having an argument, because you'll be looking down at your phone, and you'll miss, yeah. like, them having, like, this change of life behind you, yeah. that, like, you would have been eavesdropping back in the day, but now it's, like... Yeah. Oh, well. You're so in your own world, of course. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sitting in public and listening to what other people are saying and arguing about yeah. is the best. It it's is, so yes, fun. Yes. It's so fun. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. yeah. And when I first moved to New York City from like Northwest Ohio, it was just like this, just great. Like I'd go out to dinner by myself, and yeah. I would just sit you know, and I'd just be watching and listening, and it was just like you probably got so City, much gossip. So many people spilled the tea yeah. and didn't know you were yeah. listening. Did, did you have like a similar culture shock moving to New York as Steve did when he moved to New Jersey? Um, I guess, but I don't really remember because I was so happy to get out of Northwest Ohio. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, I was I had graduated from college and I really didn't want to like stay in Columbus. Mm. And I wanted to go to, my mom's like, you're getting older, you should go to grad school, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> so um, I moved to <laughs> New York to go to grad school, but mm-hmm. I worked for the Hyatt New York, mm-hmm. Grand Hyatt. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was working for the Hyatt in Columbus, so I was able to, you know, transfer. Cool. So, um, you know, I was working in the, um, first I had to be in the, the, um, <clears throat> restaurant downstairs before they could move me up into room service, which is where I was before. Mm. And, um, yeah, so, um, I was the only woman in room service for a while and, you know, everybody else were, they were dancers or actors, mm. you know? Um, so it was pretty interesting. Yeah. People would go out on leave, you know, to go and do a show or whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow. And actually one of the actors that, one of the guys that I worked with for years was an actor. Remember we went to see him at, it, it was the same space where Anne Rachel had had been. Um, what was the name? My hotel. It was like a prisoner, kind of. It was like dark. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Did you always? Did you always? And I always find... wanted to live in New York. Yeah. I always felt I should live in New York. Yeah. Yeah. So it was maybe a culture shock, but it was okay. Yeah. Did you always find yourself drawn to creative people, or did you oh, always yeah. like being around creative people? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, my dad was a Methodist minister, but he was a comedian. Mm, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sermons are like a form of stand up in a way. Sometimes I mean, like, some, like not always like funny, but there's like a. Like a a similar skill set. Yeah. You're a performer. Yeah. 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 You have an audience. Yeah. Yes. You have yeah. Get their attention. Yeah, capture and, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. That's true. Yeah. How, Steve, how was it, um, or what are your thoughts on the evolution of comedy from when you started and what you were doing back then versus how it operates now? Yeah, I, I can only speak from my own point of view. I mean... It, speak I, for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, there... It's fun. I mean, I just like getting up on a stage or, you know, wherever the wherever the environment is and performing in front of people. I mean, there are times I think I like doing that better than just having conversations with anyone. Like, <laughs> all right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're different. Cause you're all comics. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. You understand. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it's... It's just a lot of fun. I, I 
Yeah, I, and I don't really get nervous. I, I kind of like, uh, I'm always eager to, uh, you know, to, uh, if I have something new. And it, like, by something new, I mean, I could have a premise that I've been doing for years, but if uh-huh. I've reworded it, uh-huh. like to me, rewriting is writing. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, yeah. it sure is, it's, yeah. It's kind of like That's true. different approach to, you know, and all that. So it's, it's just, uh, it's just a lot of fun. And I'll even... Occasionally, I'll go to an open mic and just bomb on purpose. <laughs> That's awesome. Wait, so what is the key to bombing on purpose? Well, um, suppose I wanted to like memorize, like, say for example, I, I knew I was going to do a storytelling gig somewhere. Okay. And let's say I wanted to do five minutes worth of that story at at a comedy open mic. Okay. I just want to get my timing down and get the wording down correctly, mm. knowing like they're going to look at me like, you know. Like I'm from some distant planet, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't care because <laughs> I know I know what I'm doing, you know. And I just kind of like, uh, you know. And plus, sometimes you want to get the time down. Like if you want to get like the first five minutes in, like well, I know that they're going to give me the light at mm. four, and then I could get in, you know, the points that I want to get in, and mm. it's still. But even that, it's still getting up on stage, which is kind of like, yeah, I feel right, so comfortable right, doing that. Right. And again, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. Exactly. And, you yeah. Know. Nice. So, That's um, very... Well, yeah. So where do, you, where do you guys explore? What do you do or where do you venture out to to get inspiration when you're not doing comedy and you're just, you know, chilling? Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, I asked that just such like a millennial. What do you guys do to chill? <laughs> Oddly enough, I'll, I will get creative when I'm playing golf by myself because I'm outdoors. I'm kind of like communing with nature, you know. And I'll just like sometimes I'll just get ideas and I start talking to myself, and I can get away with it because nobody's ah, nearby. Yes, true. I'm like, I'm it's like myself. when you're taking a shower. And you have thoughts come to you, you have ideas, and you just talk to, you know, just when you're looking at me, Steve. <laughs> People get thoughts when they're in the shower. That's all I meant. Oh, well, you get it when you do. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I mean, sometimes on the golf oh, okay, course, no. it rains. You know, oh, yeah, so I'm just saying that's what I do for relaxing. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> But We're just uh, just refreshing people. Don't forget to hydrate. Get your beverages. Also, if you're hearing Dana in the background, she's talking to my cat, <laughs> our cat, just in case people pick up noises in the background. Sorry. No, 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 it's okay. Um, just so the audience uh, <laughs> knows what's going on. Um, okay, cool. But golf. No, I so mean, you're doing golf. We're, we're just, right now, we're just we're going to comedy clubs. You know, we used to go to rock concerts. Now we go to comedy clubs. Okay, like, wait a also, minute. Rock concerts. What, sorry, go ahead, Dana. And no, then, I'm just oh. saying, not just comedy clubs, but also like open mics. And there's this like storytelling open mics because I'm starting to do storytelling on my own, which yes. may or sure. may not segue into stand up. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not sure a lot of okay. it's funny because my life, it's been pretty hilarious. Yeah. But um, I'm working on something now that I kind of got an inspiration at the. Um, there's a, an open mic in Peekskill. It's like once a month, and mm. it's like open, open mic, like anything. Mm. So, can um, you give us a taste? 
Yeah, we haven't it's kind of like a taste. We haven't got to the Macbeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we haven't got to the story. Uh, you want well, to launch no, it? I mean the um, the first time we went to this open mic, and it's a, it's a very interesting open mic. And um, somebody wrote um, a story that they had written about zucchini bread and okay. her grandmother's zucchini bread, and uh, going to her house and having the zucchini. They, they would go out and they'd come back and the zucchini bread would be cooling on the, you know. But I also, you know, you know from the storytelling that I I like, I collect cookbooks. I like cookbooks. They're mm. kind of like history, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of family recipes and I just, I'm working on a little, I haven't started writing it yet, but like. I was going to ask, are you, would you ever form it into a book? No, not a book. No, okay, I'll start with the story. No. I'll start with the story. Okay, cool. But I mean, <laughs> even when I was in high school, I was or middle school, I was writing like comedy. You journal stuff. a lot? Did no. you no? Okay, so it was always no, I, in the form of comedy. It was always in the form of this yeah. So I I okay. have stuff that I like. All my when my mom moved out of the house and you know they moved into assisted living. You know I have all of the stuff that she had saved from high school. So I'm like, oh my god, that's wow. Tough. But you know, funny <laughs> stuff. Like going through wow, lol, interesting. Okay. So wait, what is the Macbeth story? Oh. You drop it. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. he's heard it. You but... introduced it. Oh, you can tell it again for them in the sure. audience. Yeah, yeah. So, Steve and I had met in. Um, I guess it was like December of '89. I'm thinking. And in a bar. We well, we we had similar <laughs> friends, and we would play pool and stuff. Anyway, we started dating, and um, in April of '91, we got engaged. And he was excited because he had, um, you know, been, he was telling me about the acting mm-hmm. and the, um, I don't want to name it now, but um, they were having, they were doing a um, publication or you know, a presentation of Macbeth. Okay. Set in Gangster Land, Chicago. Hmm. On the set of, like, interesting, yeah, right? Okay. Because yeah. what's great about New York City is that there's Broadway theater, but there's off-Broadway theater, and there's some theater that's so bad that it's fun. Mm. Right. So like, <laughs> right. Well, this will be fun. <laughs> so, um, friends of his were in it, you know, he was very excited. He's like, yeah, this is great, let's go. So, we was it Good Friday? Yeah. I think it was Good Friday. So, we went. And... It was terrible. <laughs> it, I mean, I didn't. Even, I, it was so bad that I don't even remember how bad it was. You blocked it out. I blocked it out, and B, I was spiraling <laughs> because I'm thinking. I mean, you know, relationships are all about like compromise and stuff. Yes. And I was like, holy crap! What if he turns to me and says, "Isn't this great?" <laughs> <laughs> because if he did. I knew I'd have to dump him. Yeah. It was just like, this was like, you know, there's like that, I'm not dying on that hill. You know, oh, yeah. and I was just like, yeah. what do I do? What do I say? Now, this is a very important me, marker. Okay. Uh-huh. It, it, yeah, it was uh-huh. like that moment, you know, yes. those pivotal moments. So, um, I don't really remember how, I mean, I know it was bad, but I don't remember the details, but he, what he tells me is okay. that, it's a callback, um, <laughs> <laughs> that, Lady Macbeth, how she interpreted the role was basically constant screaming. That, yeah. So that, you know, uh, so, yeah. you know, not, it was like, it sounded like a good premise, uh-huh. but they didn't, like, they, they just wore gangster clothes, yeah. and they did not 
change the dialogue no, uh, in any way. Interesting artistic choice. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. yeah. It was not a good dialogue. <laughs> and so I'm just like, oh my god, this is terrible. So he turns to me and says something to the effect of, "Okay, when the lights go up." Book for the door. <laughs> this is the worst piece of shit. <laughs> Something like that. <coughs> and I was like, thank God I can marry him. And that's when you knew it was love. Was like, yeah. That's what I knew. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So, that's so um, but true story. That's so good. I went to the closest bar really to get a drink. <laughs> if you Which needed one, that? That? Now he remembers. I don't remember. What bar was it? Well, I get it was something in Times Square. So it was probably, it was a dive. It It was downstairs from, like, you know, very close to where the theater studio was. Was it, like, what what is that, one of the bars, and they're probably all gone now, the bars that always had good hamburgers, McGinty's or something, there's a whole bunch of them all Mm. over New York City. Of course, this was like 35 years ago, so. Mm. Anyway. So I guess probably we did go to drink, but yeah. Okay. But it is, it's so important that you have the same like sense of humor and the same the taste. taste. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we don't always or have similar, the exact same right. taste, but yes. this was something that was it's pretty specific. critical. Yeah. <laughs> if he thought this was good, I knew that it was over. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just, you know. Yeah. But, and there's, we have difference of opinion on lots of things, which that's fine. It's yeah. healthy. Yeah. yeah. Sure. But this was that one time. <laughs> she I mean, passed the test. I knew, I, you know, I, I knew some of the cast members. I was going to say, I hadn't seen them in a couple of years. I was going to say hello to them afterwards. And, so uh, question, question though, did they ever come nope. to you and be like, oh, hey, what did you think? Like later on, well, what did well, you think about that it? Was well, that's my fear. That was my Were, are you somebody? Are you somebody who would lie to somebody or you would like pivot conversation and just be like, oh, I was happy I got to see you perform. So you didn't, you know, dance around it so you don't specifically touch on the performance yeah. so, or the play. What kind of person are you? Can I just say, I yes. just want to, like, I may have been, like, the the wild card here because he may have thought, I and I don't know, he may have been concerned that if what, you liked what it. I would have said. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Maybe right. that was, I didn't yeah. even think about yeah. that till just uh, now. No, you're asking an interesting question because, like, we're, there are actually levels here. Uh-huh. You know, like, uh-huh. if, yes. if something was, like, a little bit off, and, like, if I know the person well, I might say something like, well, that was real. That now, if he ever comes to us and says that, we'll be like, oh, we just yeah, liked it. Yeah, but, now we know. Yeah. Okay, we know but, I mean, This wasn't even Plan 9 from Outer Space. Yeah, yeah. Fun bad. Right. This was it's just, just, and like, uh, I, I, there was nothing I, I would say. I would probably lie. I would probably <laughs> it's say, a terrible yeah, or two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good to see you again. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I did not want to put myself in that kind of spot. Wait, what are Steve's telltale signs? Yeah. How do you know he's a liar? Everybody knows. <laughs> no, I mean not everybody. Knows, but I mean, we, you know, everybody knows when their when their partner is lying. Yeah. You know, usually, so it's you know. Yeah, is Dana also I'm, gonna, I'm not going to tell him to tell. I'm not going to tell right. him to tell. Oh, you, very wise. Good very solid. You did not give it away. He's an actor. Yeah. yeah. Just in the future. <laughs> <laughs> now, is Dana a good liar or a bad liar? Or the uh, same thing? Like you, you always you can you can tell. Yeah, I mean, you know, she. 
she doesn't lie to, to gain advantage or anything like that. Yeah. She's not, not malicious. Very, very, very moral and upstanding, you know. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Is that what drew you to her, Steve? Was it her moral upstandingness? Or like, what was the thing about Dana that drew you to her? Or drew you drew her to you? Drew what? Is it about each other that you both like? It was good, Brendan. It was fine. I cool, cool. What was it about each other that like initially like attracted each other to you? Yeah, whatever. You know it's a question I'm asking. She was a fucking good pool player. <laughs> nice, nice. We would we would like go on winning streaks. We yeah, you know, uh, eight ball. You know, with with uh, a partner mm-hmm. in, in bars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. So, uh, in bars. Oh yeah, that was a big thing. Yeah, at least back then. Much better player than me. Wow. Much better. But yeah, it would be fun. Yeah. yeah, especially yeah. after a few drinks. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you won, you kept playing, mm-hmm. so you could right. get a streak of five, six right. games going. And yeah, then, you know, yeah. Um, and O'Donoghue's in Hoboken. O'Donoghue's no longer there. No longer. Yep. On uh, oh, First man. Street in Hoboken. Should Should we talk about the first date? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's dive I'll, in. I'll give my version first, yeah. so that you can hear his version. Okay. okay. Go <laughs> So we met at O'Donoghue's um, bar. It was kind of a dive bar, but we knew what Liam and what was the wife's name? Margaret. Margaret. They were, you know, nice people. And, but it was kind of a, it was an Irish dive bar, mm-hmm. but it was it was okay. And um, so we played pool together. I would go there after work to watch Jeopardy, and I'd mm-hmm. have like, um, you know, sometimes I'd have an Irish coffee or whatever. I was living in Jersey City at the time. This mm-hmm. was at Hoboken. And so, we, you know, decided to go out. I don't remember how you asked me out for a first date. I, you know, this is terrible. He remembers stuff. I don't. And um, so, I was running late. Bad idea because there are like no cell phones. Mm. You were. I tried to call <coughs> you at work. You were working at doing reception and, the, and scheduling the at the River Club yeah. in Manhattan. So we were supposed to be meeting something. And anyway, somehow we like met up and went to see um, little um, pretty, pretty woman. woman. Mm, <laughs> okay, just come out. Wow. Wow. Came out in the theaters. Yeah. <laughs> so that was fun. And then we left, and we decided to go back to Hoboken and uh, went to. O'Donoghue's, and it was a live band. So we went to the back, we got our drinks, went to the back, and now the back of Hope, of um, O'Donoghue's had, you know, like the tall round tables, like mm-hmm. where you could stand. And so the only one that was really empty was right in front of the audio, the AV booth, you know, where they did the sound. Mm. Richie was there that night, right? There were two yeah. guys that yeah, did we knew Richie the guy. and Matt. Yeah. So we were standing there, you know, having our drinks. And um, unbeknownst to us, we found this out later, there was somebody who had been at the bar earlier. Now, Liam was in, was in Ireland. Margaret was in charge of the bar. So there, somebody had been there earlier and then got kicked out. And Margaret, bless her soul, decided that he, she could let him back in. Okay. Okay, so we're standing there. We've just gotten our drinks. Fight breaks out in the bar. Oh. And... No. So the and the, the band, they're all like like doctors and lawyers, like, you know, paying off their school loans. And amps hit the floor. Mm. There are women beating women, <laughs> men beating men. Oh my gosh. Oh, the and brawl. the big old Russian tough big brawl. Yeah. And the guy that 
like was causing it all, all of a sudden is standing in the middle of the crowd with like nothing on but biker shorts, and I don't we don't know where his clothes what? went. Was, so, <laughs> so the as as things break out, the the table where we had just set our drinks down goes over. Oh. And I grabbed my drink before it fell nice. because yeah, yeah, didn't and spill a drop. Good. Didn't spill a wow, drop. And we look back at Richie, and he's like, "So we jumped into the AV booth to get away from everything." First bar fight I've ever been in. I mean, I wasn't in the bar fight, but I was like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> and there you go. Go ahead. He's got so these entire <laughs> wow, what an, a very, a very no, exciting I mean, first you date. See, you, you see, because it was a goblet, you know, that has a stem and all that. Okay. She kind of like uh-huh. grabbed it by the stem that, without spilling a drop. It, it was, it, said, it was sliding off the table, and I grabbed it. Wow, and that's what I said. Like, this is the girl for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Neither one of us was really working full time. We didn't have money, you know. Oh. Like, who could spend more money to buy a drink? I right, mean, right. Like, it was you got to save that yeah. one. Yeah, move over biker shorts. Wow, where's that guy today? It was, yeah, it was bad. Yeah. You know, and there was like blood and the. And we still oh. remember the date. It's April seventh of nineteen ninety. So we're coming up on our. Oh, you third are third anniversary Happy of, of anniversary. that. Uh, wow, your dating life is an Aries. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Wait, what are each of your uh, birthdays? What month are each of you? No, I'm February 21st. February and you're... Virgo, September 5th. I'm also a Virgo, August 28th. Okay. Yeah, I'm a cusper. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what well, they call it? Yeah. I'm Pisces. If I was born the day before, I'd be a whatever. Uh, whatever it is. Yeah, the month before, yeah. Well, you've, you've been in a lot of uh, chaotic situations. I feel like... Rena and Brennan really want to hear. Will want to hear the uh, right. You guys haven't heard about his concert experience from no. college. No. Oh, okay. Chaos Speaking of chaotic situations, sorry, your <laughs> bar fight just reminded me of another story that Steve told me one time. No, let's go. Let's yeah. So, this is like history, so this is cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is history. sick. This is like Steve's like part yeah. part of the history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and sorry, ancient history. <laughs> um, now, again, this is based on a true event. So it's September of 1980, and by that time, I'm living by myself in that apartment above the funeral home in Avoca, mm-hmm. and I'm going to the junior college, you know, the community college. Blue Oyster Cult is going to come to Wilkes-Barre, mm-hmm. which is very close to Avoca. And uh, I go there with my friend, and uh, the venue is called the Kingston Armory. And Kingston is just kind of like a suburb of Wilkes-Barre, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, park the car. We're heading toward, you know, the Kingston Armory. Everybody's out in the parking lot, you know, um, kind of like because before the show, and you know, a lot of a lot of burnout kids getting yeah. drunk and high, yeah. and like you know, some of them call us over like, "Hey man, it's, it's a concert," you know. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we go and, and we join them, and I know I, I <coughs> recognized like even a few of them. You know, uh, didn't know them really that well, but uh, I said to my friend, I said like, look, let's uh, you know let's stay here and have one beer. Mm-hmm. Blue Oyster Cult is my favorite rock group. Let's get in there and see if we can get close to the stage. Yeah. See, because what a lot of them were going to do in the parking lot would just like sit out the opening act. Mm-hmm. Like just stay out there and get drunker and higher, mm-hmm. and, and 
and all that, and uh, that was very commonplace back then. Right. But uh, we had the one beer. We get into the Kingston Armory, and uh, about a hundred hundred feet from the stage, which was pretty good. Yeah. That was good as, as far as I was concerned. Ten after eight, the lights come down, and out comes Blue Oyster Cult. Okay. And like they rocked it. They were in their heyday mm-hmm. at that time, and um, you know, it, it was just. And they played long. They they I guess you know there was no opening group, so I guess mm-hmm. they, they. Oh yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. Over like two hours because I had seen them before. Wow. Like usually they did an hour and a half set, so I you know I wasn't gonna complain. Yeah. Favorite rock group, and then uh, the you know they do their encore. Which of course was "Don't Fear the Reaper," mm-hmm. okay, and um, the lead guitar player, as right at the very end, he says something. He points to the back of the auditorium and says something that sounds like "We're out on the wire," mm-hmm. and like my friend is like, "You know, we're walking away." And my friend is like, "What the what the buck darn I mean by we're out on the wire?" And I, I I'm like, "I guess that's musician talk. <laughs> I guess it means good night." Yeah. Uh, We leave the Kingston Armory and the ground is soaked. The ground is wet. The trees are soaked. There's puddles all over the place. And as we're walking to the parking lot to get back to the car, um, have you ever heard of Ford Pintos? Yeah. 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 So they were very small, cheap cars back then. Oh, oh. They they look like, they really look like toy cars. Yeah. You know. Mm Mm-hmm. We saw one flipped over on the side, mm-hmm. and as we got closer, I said to my friend, "Like, oh, that's the, that's the Channel Twenty Two Newsmobile." Uh. And like, we thought, okay, maybe they came here to cover the concert, and you know, whatever. My friend's like, "Well, where are the reporters?" Like, yeah, like, well, I guess they ran for cover. There was there was a storm, you know, <laughs> there was a violent storm, and they 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 ran away. So we get in the car, I drop off my friend, and I come home to my apartment. And I figured, well, okay, let me turn on, you know, by now it's like 11 o'clock or so. I turn on, the news is on. Now, there were three news stations, local news stations. So it was okay. Channel 22, Channel 28, Channel 16. Okay. Right? I guess my TV is set to 28. Mm-hmm. On, on it comes, and then I realized the guy never said, we're out on the riot, we're out on the wire. Mm-hmm. What he probably said was, watch out for the riot. Oh, oh shit. And like, and now I'm, I'm hearing the dialogue of the news, and it's like, a furious riot broke out at the Kingston Armory tonight, Whoa. featuring the rock group Blue Cult Oyster. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even fucking get the name of the band. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're showing the video of the riot, and like, now I knew why the water was all over because the, the fire truck showed up hosing down people. Oh, like the Planet of the Apes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and like, you know, one of the girls that I was talking to in the parking lot, up against the wall, you know, the hoses. Like it's like power washing. Yeah. This, this this kid and like down on the sidewalk, spinning around from the force of the hose, jacket flies off, <sighs> and and they're like. Eighty-four intense. people arrested. Oh, jeez! <laughs> so, I think I, I flipped all the way back to channel sixteen. Okay, and they're like, 
World War III breaks out at the Kingston Armory. <laughs> the acid rock group Blue Oyster Cult. And like, and I'm thinking, and I'm like, she's, she's, she's they're not an acid rock group. <laughs> they're a hard rock group. And the same footage comes up. And like, the same girl, but from a different angle. Yeah. Like, yeah. And this time, like, I noticed, like, the sneaker flew off. Mm. Yeah, you know, her bandana flew off. <laughs> then the jacket flew off, and like, you know, two hundred seventy-five people were arrested. At, you know, and it's what's that information accurate? <laughs> See, that's the thing. Like breaking news back yeah. then was no different than what yeah, it is now. Yeah. Wrong, yeah. wrong. Right. So now I I flipped the channel twenty-two news, and this time you think now that's that's the newsmobile. That got flipped over. So mm-hmm. you th- I thought for sure, okay, they'll show footage of that. Yeah. But like, but no, they interviewed some little old lady <laughs> who lived nearby the Kingston Armor. Oh, okay. And she's like, back when I would get together with my friends, we would go out and have some ice cream. What the fuck does that have to do with <laughs> My friend calls. He's like, my mother isn't going to let me come to any more concerts. <laughs> I'm like, well, did you tell her that we were inside? <laughs> yeah, you were part of it. We were in. Did you tell her we had nothing to do with it? Yeah. We didn't even. Did you tell her we didn't even know there was a riot? <laughs> yeah. Then the mother gets on the phone. <laughs> I'd be scared to death that the two of you were in that riot. And like, uh, yeah, I'm like, but Martha. <laughs> we were inside, okay? We were facing the opposite direction. We didn't see anything. Mm. The music was playing at 120 decibels. We couldn't yeah, hear anything. Yeah, right, right, right. Like, we didn't even know there was a riot. I didn't even know one until I just got home now. Yeah. And how old were you? 19. My friend was 18. And, uh, she, you know, she goes like, there before the grace of God goes you. You know, telling me like that. Thanks, Martha. Unfortunately, <laughs> I didn't even know what that meant. <laughs> I'm like Martha. I don't think it had. You know, the the opening act canceled. I guess they said Blue Oyster Cult came out early. The kids in the parking lot started charging toward uh, the, the front. Security must have panicked and locked yes, the doors, and that's probably yes, what started the whole yeah. concert. I don't think it had anything to do with God. You get a big, aggravated crowd doesn't that, like, they're a force. Don't yeah. you just get enough people? So, uh, there's an epilogue to the story. <laughs> okay. The next day at college, like, I, I told, you know, a lot of my classmates and a couple professors that I was going to go to the concert. So, naturally, they wanted to know, mm. you know, they wanted to know everything. And I'm like, well, yes, there was a riot, but I was not at the riot although I was outside with those kids it was only briefly but I was inside when the show started okay so I was inside I was inside mm-hmm. by like three o'clock that afternoon like word got around the school that I personally started the riot oh my god <laughs> what wow darn rumors wow mm-hmm Wow. Someone's like, don't worry, this is going to give Steve so much more credit. Yeah. Let's have tell everybody started it. It's like the game of telephone. Yeah. It really yeah. is. Wow. 
that's but, fun. Yeah. <laughs> September 25th, 1980. And, and it's, you can go on YouTube and see, like, what it looked like, you know. Oh, for sure. We should look this up. Oh, yeah. Um, well, before we sign off, tell us uh, where people can find you if they if you're doing other shows or other mics. Um, also, what do you plan on doing in the future? Like, where else do you want to go or what else do you want to tap into for stand-up? By the way, if you haven't watched Beware the Horn already, also, if you're a listener of this podcast and you haven't watched Beware the Horn, Steve Boone is very funny in Beware the Horn. He has one of the best lines. Yeah. He has one of my favorite lines. <laughs> the whole entirely really good. entirely yeah. improvised film, also, everybody. Yeah. So, that's so just Steve, Boone wrote, he, Steve Boone wrote his part, too. He wrote his part, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. B. Yeah. Dr. B. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. B. Yeah. 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 First time doing anything on film, or had you worked in film before? Yeah, I did a a, a TV show called Rent Rent's Doom. Okay, and I, I played a yeah a fictitious character who dies in the opening scene. Nice, but I it's, it's, it's vital that yeah. I die. It's yeah. like it gets the whole ball moving and all that. So like cool. uh, yeah, a friend of ours you know wanted to do this TV show. You met her, Sam. You met Sam. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. you. Jordan met Sam? Yeah, at Ann Miller's. Oh, right. Steve's also performed there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that was, yeah, so she she put that show together. Uh, That was in like in 2016. Oh, cool. Nice. But, uh, no, I'm just, uh, I'm going to, you know, check out open mics and keep working and, like, you know, keep uh, writing and rewriting and all that. Mm -hmm. I'll, uh, you know, uh, Hopefully, doing more improv with us. You come a lot. To, you come to only yeah. every jam. Yeah. Um, which is super fun because it's people you haven't improvised with before. Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch of different people. At least we weren't in the same troupe either. So, yeah. and then also such a delight, like seeing you and Jordan perform again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Even yeah. if it is just a jam, it's still like, uh, yeah, it was just like a part of the heart that needed to be filled, and I was just like, oh, this is great. This yeah. is great. It was yeah. just, you know. I think. Yeah, I think if. Uh... Like when Jordan and I are up there, if there's something science fiction to be had, <laughs> get you guys really like, are good in that pocket. Yeah, wow, yeah. that's so interesting. You said that. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. yeah. Do you have, do you have certain kinds of characters that you like naturally feel like you are drawn to doing, or are you kind of like like are like your like is in your wheelhouse usually when you're doing improv? Um, I really like the the stupid illiterate. Country hick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We've seen you. Yeah. Have you experienced a lot of those? Is that, that why? So funny. Oh, well, he's from Pennsylvania. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the Appalachian Mountains of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Like, you, you don't have to go that far into the mountains to run across people like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, it's what, a good What the hell are you doing here? And also, I grew up in Northwest Ohio. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, yeah. So, improvisers out there, if you're looking for some inspiration, some new characters, just go on the Appalachian Trail and you'll find everything you need out there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for coming yeah, down here for being you. on the podcast. Uh, and thank you for all the listeners out there. Continue uh, looking at all things LMH Studios and the Late Night Hump. You can go to our website, social media. Uh, we have always have projects coming out. We just came back from the, the Garden State Film Festival. So, that was a blast. So, uh, yeah, and then uh, anything else that we have coming up? Uh, I got a stand-up show coming up on April 29th. If you're out in Bucks County, Pennsylvania uh, at uh, Witherspoon Boxing and Fitness, I'm going to be doing some stand-up uh, on that uh, Gloves Off uh, comedy show. It'll be uh, good to be doing some time there. And, uh, yeah, looking and forward to it. Where in Bucks County? Uh, Bristol. Yeah. yeah.
It's at like a warehouse, very cool venue. Sounds good. A lot, mm-hmm. of, a lot of space, good vibes. All right, everybody, enjoy the rest of your life.